This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Well, it's here, folks. Today is the big day. You remember for a long time, for for a number of months, we were saying to you the next Alberta election rumored to be coming up in near the end of May 2023. And then our language transitioned a little bit. And we said the the next Alberta election, which we expect to be on May 29th. And then I would throw in caveats like, but crazier things have happened. Well, now it's here. Uh, Today, if you're listening to this on Monday, May 29th, we will find out later this evening whether it'll be Danielle Smith and her United Conservative Party or Rachel Notley and her New Democrats that will form Alberta's next government. It's been a neck and neck campaign. I personally can't remember the last election, provincial or federal, that was this close that had some of the most reputable pundits and pollsters across the country refusing to go on the record, most of them until the final hours, the 11th hour, so to speak, on who they think is going to win this thing. And right now, even today, as we live stream this episode on YouTube around 8.30 Mountain Time, 10.30 Eastern on Election Day, you've still got some pollsters presenting different visions, different expected outcomes to tonight. There's one in particular, by the way, fascinating stuff. Akito Maggie from Main Street Research, while he's the face of that polling firm, he's predicting an NDP government while his firm itself is predicting a united conservative government. They can't even agree within their own building. It makes, I think, the conversations about this election that much more important, that much more significant. Today, there's one message and one message only. And that is, if you're able and if you are geographically situated to participate, please do. Uh, We're not going to sit here and tell you how to vote, but we are going to strongly encourage you to vote. It's a real honor and it's a real opportunity and we kind of see it at, at risk of coming across as a bit luxury, as a big responsibility for citizens. You don't listen to this podcast. You don't watch this show if you're not an engaged citizen. We know that. We've got a ton of emails from you. The feedback on our most recent episodes has been overwhelming, and we appreciate that. This is an engaged citizenry that I think truly understands the implications of this election's outcome. In just a second, we're going to talk to Charles Adler about the power of endorsements. Do they actually matter? Over the weekend, uh, over the last few days anyway, we saw former Calgary Mayor Nahed Nenshi go on the record. I was pleased to join him on CBC's The Sunday Magazine just yesterday. If you missed that, you can get into his uh, you know, reasoning, his thoughts behind endorsing Rachel Notley. Just follow the link on my Twitter at Ryan Jesperson. But Nenshi said, listen, when I was mayor and Rachel Notley was premier, we didn't always agree. As a matter of fact, he goes on and he says he wouldn't even put her in his top five Alberta premiers. It was like a qualified endorsement. So why do it? What's the value of it? Does it move the needle? 
We saw, of course, Thomas Lukasik and Doug Griffiths, who I spoke with. You probably saw it just last week. Former conservative cabinet ministers also endorsing the NDP. What on earth is going on there? And then you've got some of the more predictable ones. And we'll talk about this in just a second. Former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, current federal conservative leader Pierre Polyev endorsing Danielle Smith. You might go, well, yeah, but I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's that easy. Where are the former conservative Alberta premiers with their endorsements? Nowhere to be found <laughs> is the simple answer. And you can let us know why you think that is. You know, we're going to be talking politics through the course of the show today. But I want to talk cannabis for a quick second, because our home city of Edmonton over the next couple of days is hosting a big gathering. Like some of the biggest players in cannabis are gathered in Edmonton right now. And a lot of you, I'm sure, have heard rumblings that some provinces and municipalities may soon be approving regulated cannabis consumption sites. So that means that soon enough, you might go to a restaurant and find cannabis-infused food or cannabis-infused beverages on the menu? Well, in, in advance of that, in, in these regulated consumption sites, two different Edmonton companies are working together to develop a first-of-its-kind training program for cannabis servers in the food and beverage space. That's We Know Training and Diplomat Consulting. They're partnering with CanCell, which is Ontario's cannabis retail training body, to develop and deliver a cannabis service training program. Uh, they made the announcement just a few days ago in advance of this Grow Up conference, which is, of course, being proudly hosted in Edmonton. If you're there, by the way, make sure you check out booth 608. Say hello to the We Know training team. Learn more about the new program that's in development. Let them know that Real Talk sent you. And of course, you can learn more about the program and about We Know Training online by visiting weknowtraining.ca. Fight night. <laughs> it is fight night, isn't it? For us, I'm a ball of nerves. How about you? Uh, no, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm nervous. I feel like I have... Uh, I feel like it's one of those, what does it feel like? It feels like before that, you remember like one of the more high profile, and I'm not like a huge combat sports guy, mm -hmm. but do you remember when the when the disciplines were crossing over of course. and Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor mm -hmm. were about to fight and everyone's going like, how on earth is this going to play mm -hmm. out? And people had compelling reasons to, to, to sort of inform their argument of the position. People thought, well, Mayweather is a pure boxer. Mm -hmm. And so if McGregor can get him down, yeah. uh, you know, with grappling or ground and pound Mayweather's screwed yeah. and then other people are going Mayweather's one of the greatest boxers in history <laughs> and Conor McGregor isn't going to be able to yeah. hold a candle to him and then as the fight played out you know it played out as as I think most of the experts thought it would mm -hmm. tonight I mean I went on the record with my call with mm -hmm. my prediction months ago on this election and, yeah, I know. I, and I'm standing by it I've tried to kind of keep it out of the discussion on real talk because the last thing we want to do is be is be influencing or manipulating people's votes but at the same time it's a talk show mm -hmm. I thought months ago that Danielle Smith would squeak out a win tonight mm -hmm. I do still think that Danielle Smith and the United Conservatives will squeak out a win tonight mm -hmm. like by squeak out I mean I think that they're going to win by 
eh, between, let's say, seven to ten seats sure. out of 87. Uh, what, what's your gut telling you about this one? I don't know. And, and the numbers seem to say that as well. You know, just a, a little bit of a lead here for the UCP. But you never know because we still have that 14% of people who are kind of holding their cards to their chest. So yeah. I don't know either. But we were at the Stingers game yesterday, both of us. Basketball, and, You yeah. know, we're having this, you know, we're having a little shindig here tonight. We're going to be here all day watching the results roll in. But I saw the mayor and I said, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to be on my Stairmaster just... <laughs> <laughs> just sweating, just watching the results come in. And I think that's how, even if you don't have a dog in the fight, I'm sure everyone does, but you're just going to be kind of a ball of nerves just wondering, like, who could do it and can the NDP? Well, you know? and, I, and I don't even think it's just Albertans that are paying attention no, to this. I think the whole country. There are going to be implications across the country. Uh, just last week, Charles Adler made that argument right here on the show. Of course, that was a Tuesday on the heels of a long weekend. He's back in his usual spot this week on Monday morning kicking us off by the way dave cornoyer dave berta joining us in about a half an hour to get into the ridings that are really in play tonight chuck what 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 sort of a vibe do you feel on an election day like this especially a tight one like this do you have a a little bit of uh you know do you have a little bit of jitters you got a little bit of excitement or are you such a veteran that it barely rattles (laughs) barely rattles the emmy i'm I'm very excited i mean this is the super bowl uh gray cup Stanley Cup, uh, all, all rolled into one. Totally. Uh, people across the country have always asking me, you know, uh, do you recall many uh, close elections? Uh, elections like, no, I don't. And, yeah, I realize it's an Alberta election, but this is a Canadian election. Democracy is on the line. Let's uh, stop with the crap about how, you know, the, the people endorsing Notley, uh, the, the endorsements are tepid or whatever. Of course they're tepid because it's not about Notley. With all due respect to Rachel Notley, I've got nothing against her, nothing against her, her, her late dad, who I you know, went to school with. Uh, I, I think highly of the family. Uh, I, no, I'm not a, a social democrat. No, I'm not a socialist. No, in many ways, I'm not, I'm not a progressive either, especially when it comes to things like crime and punishment. But I am a democrat, a small l liberal democrat. I believe in liberal democracy. I think it's the only bulwark against authoritarianism, and I don't think it's very difficult to make the case that authoritarianism is in play right now. We can talk about the various endorsements, our friends uh, Thomas Lukasik and Doug Griffiths and, and, and other people. We can talk about how the premiers who are former premiers who are still alive, uh, Stelmack, Redford, uh, my, my old friend and sometimes nemesis, uh, Jason Kenney, how they have not endorsed uh, Danielle Smith's UCP. We can talk about all of that. But we need to talk about the group that is not only endorsing endorsing the United Conservatives, as it were. We're talking about a group that is chained to them. We're talking to a group that is doing, for all intents and purposes, multi-level marketing. They've got 50,000 members right now. And if Danielle Smith does squeak out a, a victory, which is what most people, including you, Ryan, think, they will soar to 100,000. This is a group that is all about book banning, which to me is the equivalent of book burning. And of course, when you're to book banning or book burning, really it's not about the books. It's about the ideas. It's about the thought. Even if you've never read George Orwell's books and other great books about authoritarianism conquering democracy, even if you've never read any of those, all you have to know is that anybody who brazenly and on camera talks about how women belong in the kitchen. They do not belong in the so-called workplace. And I say so-called because the kitchen, 
is the home is very much a, a workplace. When you're raising children, it's very much work. It's much tougher work than most other work. But the point is, Mr. Parker of Take Back Alberta, this is the person who took Jason Kenny out, all right, and stuffed Danielle Smith in. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is available to you. Just simply Google Take Back Alberta, Parker, Smith, Kenny. You'll find it for yourself. So anybody who wants to make sure that he spreads the evangel, that women do not belong in professional life, they should not be the nurses, they should not be the teachers, they should not be the doctors, they should not be the scientists, they should not be CEOs, they shouldn't be anywhere around those places. The only people, in my opinion, okay, my opinion is somewhat informed, not saying I'm the smartest guy in the world, I'm not saying I'm the sharpest knife in the drawer, but the only people who are as brazen about that are the Taliban. So some people say, oh, they're, they're, he's being a talk show host. He's using hyperbole. He's talking about the Talibanization of Alberta. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. Take back Alberta means taking back Alberta to pre-Confederation days. Oh, did he say Confederation? Yes, I did. Because Confederation is also on the line. The Take Back Alberta crew would like to take out Alberta. They would like to take Alberta right out of Confederation. So they want to take women out of the boardrooms. And they want to take women out of the hospitals, except for the patients, of course. They want to do what Gilead does, the Republic of Gilead. Now, that's supposed to be fiction, okay? Margaret Atwood, fiction. They want to introduce Gilead to Alberta because to them, that's the proper way, that's the natural way, and that is the way we should be living. Now, I want to just, even though I'm, I'm a media professional, Ryan, I want to throw a brick in a glass house. I am embarrassed about the fact fact that the media has done so little on an organization that is absolutely in control of Danielle Smith's agenda. And when I say in control, if she doesn't do exactly as they say, they will take her out, just as they took Kenny out. Kenny called them lunatics. That's a very, very nice term, lunatics. It goes far beyond that. It is absolute authoritarianism. For Alberta, and yes, authoritarianism is on the line. Now, Janet Brown, marvelous pollster, friend of ours, uh, considered, I guess, the best pollster in Alberta, she said that the reason that the NDP isn't doing better and isn't likely to win is because the NDP spent too much time going negative on Danielle Smith. And I understand why Janet Brown is saying that. I'm not even disagreeing with her. But I'm negative on Danielle Smith. Why am I negative on Danielle Smith? Because I'm positive on democracy. I'm positive on real freedom. I'm positive on opportunity. I'm positive on fresh air. I'm positive on people smiling. I'm positive on women being involved in hospitals and schools and the boardroom and science and everything else. I'm into equality. What am I into? I'm into Canada. I'm positive about Canada. My entire career, my 50-year-long career, has been a thank you card to Canada. Canada gave my family an opportunity to live here in the promised land. Take back Alberta. The people who support Take Back Alberta want to prevent people like me from coming into this country. They want to prevent people like me from living in this country. They want to prevent people like my mother, who didn't just do one job. She took three jobs. I say took, because that's how Take Back Alberta sees it. My mother took three jobs from men. That is absolute 100% horseshit. 
And if people want to go ahead and vote for that, that's fine. It's a democracy. But I'm simply telling you to get as many people as you can. Ryan said he doesn't want to be influencing. He doesn't want to be manipulating. I do want to be manipulating right now. I do want to be influencing. I want you to get everyone you can who has not voted yet to vote NDP. Because I'm an NDPer? No, that too would be horseshit. But because it's the only way to stop the UCP, it's the only way to stop Take Back Alberta. This is the this has been the most fascinating thing for me to watch all campaign, Chuck, is conservatives like you, like Griffiths, like Lukasik coming forward and and I'm talking and then there are people in my own personal orbit, same as yours, and same with viewers or listeners to this show. I guarantee it. Uh, people who have been conservatives and voted conservative their entire life that are not doing so this election, and I find it to be absolutely fascinating, uh, you know, hey, the mixed re- reactions on your position today. I always love to put these in front of you. I know you love this stuff. MZ Coach says, preach, Adler, preach. You're right. Take back Alberta. We'll take us so far back. It's terrifying. And, and, and Gabe says, what a sanctimonious windbag. I hope yeah. Adler gets help after tonight. <laughs> sanctimonious by way, by bag way, would be a great band people, name by the way there are people who uh, re- respond that way they get help I, do, I just want them to know not because I like pissing them off although I, I, obviously that's the greatest perk of what I do uh, <laughs> pissing off morons I have never had a better life and one reason I've got a great life right now and I don't mean to embarrass you Ryan but one reason I have a better life right now is because Ryan Jesperson has unleashed me I was totally prepared to go into retirement, semi-retirement, whatever. I had nothing left to say. Oh, bullshit. I had nothing left to say. I wasn't privately sure. But publicly, I had nothing left to say. I had nothing left to prove. Nothing. You know, I was just ready to to move on and to do other things. Volunteer work, whatever. But I was prepared to do other things, things other than get in front of a public microphone and a public camera. You, Ryan Jesperson, are responsible for taking me out of that tomb, as it were, okay? And, uh, and 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 I'm here, and I'm doing what I'm doing. So for the people who think that I'm a sanctimonious windbag, I may be a sanctimonious windbag, but I'm a very happy sanctimonious windbag. <laughs> yeah. And I would be really, really happy if something that the polls aren't picking up right now, and that is young people, boatloads, truckloads, trainloads of young people, they can't possibly have the polling technology right now to pick it up. If they show up today, young people, especially young women, if they show up today in droves, there is a chance, okay? There's a chance that we could have something absolutely incredible. Ask, let me ask you this question, Ryan. How incredible would it be? You talk about Smith likely squeaking out a victory. That's the conventional wisdom. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If the conventional wisdom gets blown out, okay, is turned upside down, and we get what some people will call a miracle, okay, an Alberta miracle, and Smith being defeated. How happy will most, the majority of Albertans, most of whom are moderate people, I get, I get, you know, 15%, approximately one in seven are really out there on the right, to the right of where I've ever been, okay? Most people in Alberta are moderate people. How happy will they be if Danielle Smith and her UCP end up on the ash heap of history tonight. Uh, we've got RA, who's tuned in right now, says this is a pack of lies and conspiracy theories that are being spewed on the show today. This is pathetic. 
Uh, R.A., uh, I don't know if you're new here, uh, but what Charles is talking about with David Parker and Take Back Alberta, these aren't hypotheticals. These are on-the-record speeches he's delivered from podiums. We've played, you don't call them highlights, but we've played the clips before. Uh, he is who he says he is, and there's a lot he's not saying. Doug Griffiths gets into that on our episode last week. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Uh, this guy has uh, no shame, and the guy is not exactly secret about the way that he feels. These aren't conspiracy theories. These aren't lies. Here's a very simple question for people to ask. When somebody talks about taking back something or somewhere or someone, the number one question you should ask is, from whom? Or from what? You currently have a conservative government in Alberta. You've had a conservative government for the last four years. And for the four years before that, you had a conservative government for 40 more. So who exactly are you taking it back from? If Jason Kenney wasn't conservative enough for you, then you are truly on the right side of the conservative ledger. And if you feel so strongly that the province needs to be taken back, I can only assume that in this climate, at this point in history, you're talking about things like pandemic-related health measures, probably like informed evidence-based sex education in schools, probably like uh, initiatives toward equality. I don't know, pride. I mean, you can only assume like what and, and ask these people these questions when someone says I'm supporting take back Alberta or or let's say, for example, they attend Chuck. This was I was actually a little surprised that it was flying under the radar. But but Dr. Jordan Peterson has, has been on a speaking tour, including right here in Edmonton at Rogers Place, right across the street from us, sponsored by take back Alberta. People should be asking take back Alberta from whom or from what? Now, speaking of endorsements, here's another one that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I don't talk about this guy a whole lot, but Rebel News founder Ezra Levant over the weekend endorsed Danielle Smith. Here's the thing, <laughs> the wording of it, and this is courtesy of Luke LeBron at uh, Press Progress. Uh, I don't subscribe to Ezra's emails. But he writes to his supporters, to Rebel Media supporters. Part of the reason I feel obligated to weigh in is because, get this, Rebel News had a role in causing this election and Danielle Smith's leadership to happen. We led the charge against Jason Kenney's authoritarian lockdowns. We crowdfunded civil liberties lawyers to challenge the abuse of arrest and jailing of pastors and small businessmen. Our reporters were embedded in the trucker convoy at the border crossing in Coots, Alberta. We put up billboards. We championed working class Canadians as they rebelled against unscientific and punitive vaccine mandates. In part, it was our principled conservative criticisms that motivated the UCP to vote non-confidence in Kenny last year. He then, by the way, puts the target on the back of a, of a few who we would assume would be cabinet ministers or will be cabinet ministers if the UCP forms government. Uh, continues Levant, there are still Kenny loyalists in the party, even in cabinet, who would rather lose the election and get rid of Smith than win the election and have her be premier. Kenny himself refused to even meet with Smith when she became premier. So here we are. The spirit and theme of this endorsement is still looking back to the pandemic, describing what were at the time imposed to, I don't know, keep people alive. 
which is kind of ironic as well. If you look at the people, the, the majority of people that send their money to Ezra, I have to assume, Chuck, are, are in the 55 plus or 65 plus demographic. Those folks were the most vulnerable through COVID. That's the population that was most heavily hit uh, when it came to deaths from COVID-19 or hospitalizations from COVID-19. Yet still, Levant here hammering away at what he calls authoritarian lockdowns and the jailing of pastors. These are the spirit of the endorsements that that Smith's getting. And to me, as I wrote to Luke on Twitter, I said, I betcha, all things considered, that's an endorsement she'd rather do without. I don't know what you think about it. I don't know if she'd rather do without it because it is true that his organization, uh, just like uh, Parker's organization, uh, raised money and uh, fueled ideology and uh, gave the impetus to a lot of people to vote against uh, Jason Kenney. And, uh, you know, I've got mixed feelings because I'm not a, I'm not a Kenny supporter at all. But I've, I've said before on, on this show and other shows that uh, given a choice between Jason Kenney and Danielle Smith, that's an easy choice. And I would choose uh, Kenny, uh, you know, all, all day long. Um, now, the thing is, everything you're reading from that particular newsletter and some others that are endorsing uh, Danielle Smith, the, the, the Parkers, it's all darkness. It's all age of darkness. And speaking of darkness, let's just speak frankly here, because the show is called Real Talk. You listed a, a number of people and ideas that uh, Take Back Alberta wants to take a, a Alberta back from. Brian, let's just, you know, man to man, and I guess I have to say for the purpose of this conversation, white man to white man. I mean, aren't we also talking about uh, people who want to take back Alberta from people who look like Nahed Nenshi, people who look like the current mayor of Calgary, people who look like the current mayor of Edmonton, people who look like a lot of our doctors and teachers and other professionals in Alberta. I mean, is it is it is it really a mystery why four out of five so-called racialized, which means people who don't look white, four out of five racialized people in Alberta are voting for the NDP? Do we think that four out of five racialized people have all of a sudden become rabid socialists? I mean, let's talk about this. What happens to a province when you have an increasing amount of power going to people who are, I could call them white nationalists, I could call them all of those funny names, okay, that are relatively benign. But what happens to a province or a state or a country anywhere in the world where people who believe in white supremacy take over? What happens to everyone, including, I have to put this in, including white people? What happens? You go into an age of darkness. You go into an age of fear. People become afraid of what they support, what they don't support. They become begin to fear expressing themselves. And so what you end up doing, uh, all of this in the name of what some people call freedom, is you have a much less free society. It's uh, much more oppressive. But most important on a day-to-day basis, what you do is you give power to a bunch of thugs, okay? And uh, thugs like to do what thugs do. Thugs like to frighten. They like to intimidate. There's this word called terrorism uh, that is used sometimes too casually. I won't be casual about it. This is the this is the kind of environment that terrorists thrive in. Why? Because it creates chaos. Chaos is what Danielle Smith and Parker and some others being talked about are all about. Because chaos gives these people power. When there is chaos, the majority of people end up saying, the hell with our personal freedom. Let's just give the government more power 
to do what's necessary to eliminate the chaos. People say, well, that could never happen in Canada. That could never happen in Alberta. A lot of countries have said that over the years. Why does Thomas Lukasik say what he says? Did Thomas Lukasik become a socialist? Thomas Lukasik is from Poland. That is the country next door to my country. Both of our countries saw this. It's very real. And before it happened, it, they were told that they were a bunch of conspiracists, that that could never happen. It's all theoretical. I'm sorry. It happened in Hungary. It happened in Poland. It happened in countries all over the world. Right now, you've got these same people who are into this, this heart of darkness business supporting Smith, who also support Vladimir Putin. Can anyone look me in the eye and tell me that Vladimir Putin deserves the support of anyone who believes in human rights, equality, and democracy? Can anyone look me in the eye and tell me that people in Alberta who support Vladimir Putin should be anywhere near the throttle of power? Chuck, before we go, I wanted to shine some light on one of the storylines, I think, that's flying below the radar. There's people that are that are like you uh, that are front and center saying, here's who I'm voting for. Here's who I'm supporting. Here's who I think you should vote for. And then there's a lot of people that are more quietly kind of wrestling with it. You know, I got a text from someone and then a response from someone else. And I don't have either of their permission to use their names, so I won't. But I posted this on Instagram and Twitter yesterday anonymously. Uh, a guy reached out and said, dude, I'm sure you get this often, but Real Talk is awesome. He says, I've just smashed three episodes in the last couple of days. He says, your unethical oil uh, episode blew my mind. He says, I also agree with one of your other comments, though, that there are a ton of moderate conservatives who feel like they don't have a good option right now. He said, anyway, I'll stop talking like I'm a guest. Cheers. So I post that on Instagram and I get a response from somebody else. She says to me, I relate to that comment so much. She says, I, I have a hard time ticking a box for Danielle Smith, but then ticking the other one feels anti-Albertan in a way. Interesting, and I appreciate that gal sharing that sentiment with me. One of the things that's been interesting to watch while the NDP was in government 2015 to 19 in opposition after that, and then now campaigning, is that they've had to almost prove their Albertanness. You know what I'm saying? The rural candidates have had to say, hey, like, we've been running these farms. These are family farms that we've been operating for years. Like, we've been here. You can ask our neighbors. You know, the NDPers in the city have had to say the stuff you just said about Lukasik. Like, you know, I mean, there are people in our live chat right now saying a vote for Rachel Notley is a vote for 15-minute cities. I mean, gadzooks. People can go back in our episode archive and, and find our dive into 15-minute cities and what they actually are. They've, they've been called neighborhoods for a long time as well, but I digress. There's been this sort of PR campaign that the NDP and its candidates have had to, to wage because still people, I can tell you that the person that wrote that comment to me, I know her. She is a reasonable, pragmatic, quote unquote. I know you don't, you're not supposed to use this word anymore, but she's a normal human, Chuck. But still, she finds herself as an Alberta girl born and raised to be I'm, hardwired. I have nothing to against normal. There's nothing against normal. Maybe we could infuse a little bit more normalcy into politics. But here she is saying, 
I she's been conditioned or she feels like a vote for Rachel Notley is a, is a vote against Alberta. Now, that's either a, a magnificently successful campaign tactic on behalf of the UCP, or maybe that's just long held brand association that the NDP has to fight against. You know, the whole thing, the tie to the national brand, the national party brand, etc. But these are one of the things that comment that she wrote to me, I think, is going to be the make it or break it for the NDP this campaign. We're going to talk to Dave Cornway in just a second. He's going to get into the writings that the NDP has to win. And there's a list of about 15 of them that they almost have to sweep. Now, if they can do it, they'll win. It's a tall order, but we'll see. And I think tomorrow we'll be talking about the message that Alberta has sent to the rest of the country. Voting in Danielle Smith sends a message. Voting in Rachel Notley sends a message. The question is, what'll it be? There is no evidence that if Rachel Notley wins that she's working for Jagmeet Singh. I mean, there's no evidence that Roy Romano in Saskatchewan as premier, NDP premier, ever worked for the uh, the federal leader. Uh, my friend uh, Gary Dewar, I didn't vote for him, but he's my friend. He ran uh, the government in, in Manitoba for several terms as an NDP uh, government. Uh, the idea that uh, Gary Dewar was taking his orders from uh, um, McDonough or, or Layton or anybody else is absolutely ridiculous. There's nobody in Manitoba, right wing, left wing in the middle, who would believe that. So the point is that Rachel Notley would not be working for Jagmeet Singh. But the question is, would Danielle Smith be working for Dave Parker? And anyone who is paying any attention or do, does any research knows, of course she would be working for Parker. And so the question isn't, what would a Danielle Smith government look like? The question is, what would a Take Back Alberta government look like? And if you can live with that and you support that, that's fine. But that's what we're talking about. A Take Back Alberta government versus a democratic government. That's the choice on the line tonight. You can catch Charles Adler right here on Real Talk every Monday. Thanks for bringing it. Per usual, Chuck, I know not everybody agrees with you, but if they did, we'd never invite you back. <laughs> Thank you for everything, and, uh, and good luck to my beloved neighbors. Thanks, pal. Charles Adler, big friend of the province of Alberta, to say the very least. Dave Cornoyer coming up in just a second. Before we get to Dave, I'm going to read an email from Scott. want to let you know that this program is presented by Real Talk sponsors like our friends at Athabasca University. They're Canada's open university with world-class accredited online programs and courses that are offering you the flexibility to learn at your own pace on a schedule that suits your lifestyle. We're going to be talking to uh, uh, an Athabasca University political scientist tomorrow as we get into and analyze these election results. They've got a strong poli-sci program there. That, that's one of literally dozens. In fact, whether it's a, a micro course, whether it's an undergraduate degree or maybe even a grad or doctorate degree that you're looking at, there's a fit for you at AU. The experience different from any other university by design. More accessible, more flexible, more equitable, and more personalized for everybody. The only commute is to your device when you sign up to study at Athabasca University. Hey, a big shout out to our friends at Apex Automation. We spent last week absolutely applauding their continued growth 
their continued expansion. They're one of Canada's fastest growing automation firms, and that includes opening their brand new field office in Houston, Texas. We love this story. Valued team members of theirs said that, well, they were hoping to move down to the Lone Star State to pursue personal opportunities, but they didn't want to leave Apex. So Apex found opportunity to open up in Texas. They're moving those team members and their families down there, and they're keeping them on the payroll. How cool is that? Putting people ahead of profits. And I'm sure that the profits will follow too. Congratulations to all involved. If you're an automation professional, if you're one of those engineers, of course, that has that unique skill set, whether you're an electrical or instrumentation or computer science or process or mechanical engineer, maybe an electrician, maybe an instrument tech, chances are there's a fit for you at Apex Automation. You can find them online via the sponsors tab on our website. What a perfect weekend to hit up a Dairy Queen of Northwest Edmonton in Sherwood Park. Well, how many dairy-free dilly bars for you this weekend, Johnny? Five, six, ten, twelve? Uh, I, I, I did a three-pack, a nice triple. Uh, uh, there you go. Okay, there you go. Hey, Dairy Queen's got something for everybody at their Palisades, the Mayo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road locations, and that includes the summer lineup, those special edition DQ blizzards that'll be gone before you know it. Now they bring back some of the real classics, the favorites like the cotton candy blizzard treat or the choco dipped strawberry blizzard treat. One of these new ones I'm loving, the Reese's Caramel Pretzel Blizzard Treat. You can find those only at the Dairy Queens in Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. And our friends at Friesen Brothers want to remind you that for more than 65 years, they've been Alberta-grown and Alberta-owned. And for good reason, more and more families are going to Friesen Brothers for quality food at low prices. We recommend that you check out their flyer online. The Family Essentials flyer is the one that we love. That's at Friesen.com, F-R-E-S-O-N. Every month, they introduce new Family Essentials easy family meal solutions. And as we're in the midst of barbecue season, a ton of grilling and camping tips in this month's edition from Marinade Recipes to S'more Ideas. Again, the full flyer available online on their website. That's Friesen.com. We love when Real Talkers take a second uh, to send us an email, to send us your thoughts. Of course, there's a lot of chatter in our live chat this morning. It's good to see representation from across the political spectrum, and we love the spirit of healthy debate. And when you want to sink your teeth into something a little bit deeper, you can always send us an email to talk at ryanjesperson.com. That's what Scott did, and I wanted to fit this into today's show. We'll get Dave Cornwallier's take on this in just a second. Scott the subject line reads, I never thought I'd be here. He says, Jess, well, I'm going to be doing something uh, that never in my wildest dreams as a lifelong conservative thought I would do. I'm going to be voting NDP. He says, if you look at my political journey, you'd be surprised based on where I started. I, I first became interested in politics in high school. Uh, I was supporting the Reform Party, then the Canadian Alliance, federally, provincially. Uh, I was a PC supporter, never Wild Rose. As an adult, I then became more politically active, volunteered on multiple federal and provincial campaigns, including Ted Morton's 06 leadership campaign. Uh, Ted's not exactly in the mushy middle of the political spectrum, if you know. He says, I was also supportive of the founding of the United Conservative Party. I voted for the merger and for Jason Kenney and the subsequent leadership. I celebrated in 2019 when we defeated Rachel Notley's NDP. I was a true believer and a deep Blue conservative. 
But sadly, the UCP has swung wildly to the hard right during the pandemic. You know, they've got MLAs who actively participated in or advocated for breaking the law during the so-called freedom protests, including blocking the border at Coots. They've got multiple candidates with extreme views, many of them take back Alberta backed, and they've been hijacked internally by the far right take back Alberta movement. And then there's Danielle Smith. I believe her to be wholly unqualified for the position of premier, let alone the leadership of a mainstream party. And I believe that she'll continue to damage the province if she's allowed to continue in that role. She used Take Back Alberta to win the leadership and control the party. She has embraced anti-vax and anti-science quackery. She's musing about privatizing hospitals. She's attracted an unseemly radical element to the party. She's a proven serial liar, and she has horrible political judgment and worst of all she pulled an snc lavalin and tried to interfere in justice to get hate preacher arthur pavlovsky's criminal charges dropped it frightens me that she still seems to see this as not the serious problem and erosion of democracy that it is and that she also wants control over a provincial police force I believe Danielle Smith needs to be stopped and that is why I a lifelong conservative am voting NDP. I never thought I'd be here. That from Scott. If you'd like to reply to that, you can, of course, send us an email anytime by following the contact link on our website, ryanjesperson.com, or simply emailing us directly, talk at ryanjesperson.com. Dave Cornwallier is probably Alberta's most prominent political blogger. He's an award-winning writer and podcaster and he's got a very popular sub stack as well we're grateful that dave has made time on a very busy day to join us right here in the real talk studio it's nice to see your smiling face thanks ryan it's it's an absolute pleasure to be here today is election day in alberta so yeah. I'm, I'm very excited and I'm, I'm very happy to be able to be here to chat with you about it yeah well thanks for making the effort to join us in studio there's yeah. something about an in-person conversation yeah. that makes it that much better i asked adler how he felt on a day like this on an election day obviously a veteran of, of commentary yep. on many different elections he goes Hell, man. He goes, it's like the Super Bowl, the, the Grey Cup, the Stanley Cup. Uh, how about for a guy like you? I don't think anybody writes more about it. I mean, you've been covering nomination races yeah. since the, the outset of this. I mean, this is something you dive deeply into. Uh, are, are you sort of like dragging your ass across the finish line or are you just getting started right In, now? Well, I mean, this is Alberta politics. So, you know, this the election day is not the end. It's only going to get more interesting now. I have to say that this, this election campaign has been a lot to write about because there's been a lot that's been going on. And, and Alberta of politics really for the past four years since the UCP won in 2019 is, has been there's been no shortage of things to write about uh, you know that the people across the country are interested in reading because Alberta has just been in the spotlight constantly again and again and again and and this election um, more than a lot of elections even even 2015 because it caught a lot of people by surprise a lot of the country even I mean a lot of Albertans didn't realize what was happening and a lot of people in the country didn't realize what was happening until the last week of the campaign this election it has you know for the really for the past year, it's been an ongoing campaign between two political parties. And since at least November in the polls, they've been almost equally matched since Danielle Smith became premier. It's been UCP, NDP kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit in the polls. No one really making a big break or being able to split off a lot of votes. Yeah. Um, so this is really, it feels like the first time in, I mean, the first time in real, in, in, in a long time in Alberta where you've had, uh, you know, two equally matched parties, this, who that are, that are going 
you know, going to be this close going into an election campaign. Now, seat count might be something different, but in terms of the popular vote, in terms of what the polls are showing, uh, there hasn't been much budging on either side. Are you placing a bet or are you throwing numbers out there on how you think everything's going to wind up once the dust settles tonight, all the polls have reported, the ballots have been counted? Have you put a number out there? You, you know, I, I wrote down a number on May 1st, and I, I think it's probably it's close and it's probably not going to be that far from that i wrote down i think ucp 48 ndp 39 interesting is what I wrote we're on one off from each other okay i'm and, going 47 40 okay but, be, but with that i mean you know all it would take was would be five or six seats to, to swing one way or another and and you know a couple hundred votes a couple thousand votes and a couple ridings to swing swing either way uh and it could be a you know it could be ndp 44 ucp 43 for yeah. example which would be a pretty wild result but um uh, you know, the 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 path to victory for the NDP has always been a lot more narrow than the UCP. I mean, remember back in December when Danielle Smith had an interview with Rick Bell from the from Post Media talking about she she, you know, she talked about how, you know, the UCP can afford to lose most of their seats in Calgary, mm-hmm. which, you know, I bet made a lot of incumbent UCP MLAs very uncomfortable that their leader was talking about that. Um, but it's true is that, that there are a lot more safe, safe seats for the UCP in this, in this province than there are for the NDP. And, you know, right. The NDP went into this election with 23 seats and they got to gain 21 to get a bare majority. And that path to victory is through Calgary and it's through the donut of ridings around Edmonton, so Sherwood Park, Fort Sask, Warrenville, St. Albert, Leduc, Beaumont. It's ridings like Lethbridge East. It's ridings like Banff, Kananaskis. Now, you know, I wrote down my prediction, but it's all going to depend on ground game today. I, right now, I think it could be either. Is 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 going going into going into uh, you know the the polls have I think have just opened. Like just um, to state this so very obvious. Yeah. Somebody could have been the loudest voice on Twitter for for like the last six months. Somebody could have a lawn sign out. Somebody mm-hmm. could have been door knocking or campaigning or talking to their friends or picking fights on social media, doing the whole thing. And then today, something comes up, the kid's puking at school, they have to go pick up their kid, it's, the dogs need to get walked, and then all of a sudden, they oh, we haven't made, and then all of a sudden, they don't get out and vote, Yeah. right? And all yeah. of a sudden, that doesn't matter. All of a sudden, none of that matters. This whole go TV, they call it, yeah. the get out the vote is going to be so huge today. I really appreciate what you've been doing. People can check out DaveBerta.ca, and, and we're going to encourage you to support what Dave does. His sub stack is well worth a monthly or annual subscription, but this in particular, this is not your most recent feature. This was back on May 25th, only four days ago, but I think yep. you published five times since then, by the way. <laughs> Kudos to you. I've been trying Me, to do every day. Meantime, I was election. on a stag all weekend. So, uh, but, but here you are, 19 Alberta ridings yep. that you're going to be watching closely on election day. Now, you just rattled off a few, but I, yep. I'd love to actually dig in a little bit. Sure. And, and this is for the people that don't mind kind of getting into the weeds, people that kind of okay. want to know. I mean, if someone, someone can like throw spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks, well, I think it's going to go, you know, 51-36, or I think it's whatever. But like, yep. no, no. Let's inform our predictions. Let's let's understand that as people are watching coverage tonight, as the polls are returning and they're watching, what are some of the ridings that you think are going to be really tight that mm-hmm. you think could swing this thing either way? What's what's like the top one? Is there one that is an absolute neck and neck horse race? Do you think? I think there's one in Calgary. I'm watching uh, Calgary Glenmore. 
and this is a Southwest Calgary riding. And as we've seen in the polls, the NDP, in, you know, for, for Calgary listeners, the NDP are doing very well on the polling north of the bow, and the UCP are doing well south of the bow. So for the NDP to win enough seats to form government, they're going to need to break through south of the Bow River in Calgary. And that includes seats like Calgary Glenmore, which is not a traditional NDP seat, it, but not, not at all. Uh, it was one that the NDP won in 2015. I think they won by six votes in 2016. So it was, or 2015, it was very close. Uh, and then they didn't win in, the last, win in the last election. The UCP took it back. They've nominated, a, the NDP have nominated one of their star candidates mm-hmm. in Calgary, a woman by the name of uh, Nagwan Alganid, who's an energy expert, uh, CEO, very well known in, in oil and gas and, and sustainable energy um, uh, circles in Calgary. Um, and she's running against the UCP incumbent, Whitney Isaac, who's running for re-election. And this is one of those ridings that I'm watching because the, it, it'll, it'll determine how far south in Calgary the NDP is able to break through. And it really is, I think, one of those ridings that they, that, that they need to win in order to form government. How, how would you characterize, and we don't have to get too deep into no. it, but, but how would you characterize Whitney Isaac's uh, politics? Is she one of the more moderate? Is she one of the ones that Ezra Levant will have in his crosshairs? Or is, is she one of the more kind of right-leaning MLA? Would you say, what will the people of Calgary Glenmore be thinking about as they evaluate the incumbent's performance over the last four years? I mean, she's been she's been a backbencher for the past four years. She comes from more of a progressive conservative background. I think she was very, from what I recall, she was very involved in the PC party. And and uh, I think in Jim, when Jim Prentice was involved in the PC party. Um and when Jim Prentice was involved federally as well. Um, so, you know, comes to, I think that type of conservatism is probably more something that voters in that riding, in, you know, uh, uh, upper, well-done, or well, well-to-do, mostly. Relatively uh, affluent. Re- relatively riding. affluent. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Affluent Southwest Calgary riding. They're probably more comfortable with that version of conservatism than a lot of what, you know, Daniel Smith has been talking about in her into the type of politics that Daniel Smith has brought back in or brought into the conserv- into the UCP and the, some of the stuff you were talking about about take back Alberta with uh, with Charles earlier. Let me ask you about that. Uh, let, let's break away from the 19 ridings that you're keeping a close eye on. Let me let yeah. me ask you about uh, Scott's email that I just read. Yeah. And and um you know, I mean Doug Griffith's endorsement, uh, Thomas Lukasik's as well. But Griffiths was was particular. Lukasik's never been afraid of of kind of like dropping the gloves and going for it. Uh, people even even when he was a conservative yeah. MLA or even deputy premier, he faced a lot of fire, of course, because of his association as deputy premier with Allison Redford at the time. And and and, and Lukasik, with in good nature, has has sort of fielded barbs about his progressive leanings as a conservative politician. Griffiths, uh, when we were picking his brain last week, must have felt particularly strongly about this because I do think that there is a personal mm-hmm. and even potentially professional price to pay as a former conservative cabinet minister endorsing your political opponents. Mm-hmm. And he got into it and he explained the why. And his why is almost identical to what Charles Adler was just bringing to the table. It had not as much to do with Danielle Smith. She doesn't get off squeaky clean in Griffith's estimation. But it has more to do with David Parker and Take Back Alberta. Mm-hmm. But as Adler goes on this morning and talking about it, we've got people in the live chat calling this a conspiracy theory, saying that Adler's spewing lies on the show, trying to paint an inaccurate picture of the control that this group might have on today's conservative option in the province of Alberta. What's your estimation of the fairness of the comments, of the reasonableness, is that a word, of the comments from people like Griffiths and Adler? You know, I think it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's, 
it speaks a lot because these are people who were conservatives or who identified as conservatives. Doug Griffiths, who was the MLA for Wainwright of all places, you know, he wasn't a PC MLA from a you know a moderate riding in Edmonton or a central Calgary riding. Like you know, Wainwright is a pretty conservative place, and that you know that part of, part of Alberta is a pretty conservative place. Um, so for him to you know to come out and and you know raise these criticisms and actually endorse the NDP and endorse name NDP candidates he's endorsing in this election, I think is is pre- is pretty significant. And I think there are a lot of conservatives who um, who are you know in the same position. They're they're you know they're they're lifelong conservatives. They've voted you know UCP or voted Wild Rose or PC in the past, and they've never voted NDP. But they're just not comfortable with this version of the United Conservative Party. And I think it's important to point out just how how much the UCP has changed since 2019. In 2019, the UCP was very much it was more of a big tent conservative party. Uh, you know, it wasn't as big as the the old progressive conservative party where you'd have pe- basically people who used to be new de- or who would otherwise be new democrats or otherwise be liberals uh, in it. Um, but it was a much bigger tent party in 2019 than it is now and and groups like Take back up, or not to say that there aren't moderates involved in the UCP now, because there are, and there are moderate MLAs running for re-election today. Sure, um, but the the influence that groups like Take Take Back Alberta have, and the candidates that they've supported in nominations, and who have won nominations in ridings that the UCP is probably going to hold on to in this election, it's 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 you can't you can't deny it. And these are people a lot in a lot of cases. These are people who've had their their total politics uh, shaped by opposition to COVID nineteen restrictions. They've had their politics shaped by the Freedom Convoy, shaped by the blockade of the Coots border. And that's a very different type of conservatism that a lot of Albertans are used to supporting. And, you know, the UCP is going to get a lot of votes tonight, but there's a lot of conservatives. I mean, you're, you, Scott, Scott's one of them who are, you know, thinking, you know, maybe, I, you know, maybe they've pushed me too far. Maybe I need to vote NDP this time. Or maybe, you know, unless in some cases, maybe they're just staying home and not voting. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa in our live chat says, why is nobody talking about the record advanced polling numbers? Uh, yeah. We did discuss it a little bit last week, but Huge. it was on pace to set a record. Yep. Uh, n- now we can report that uh, approximately 758,000 thousand voters uh, turned out in advance. That's up about 8% off the record setting total in 2019, which was just over 700,000, 700,400 and change. One of the reasons why I think that people don't get too deep into that, this might be a Captain Obvious type statement, is that all we know is the number. Yeah. We don't know who they voted for. So if you look at 2019, you might suggest that there were record advanced turnout. There was record advanced turnout because people were there to boot Notley in the NDP, or they were there to vote for an exciting new United Conservative option. Mm-hmm. You could make the argument now, and we would hear two different versions if we talked to campaign managers for the NDP or the UCP. Either folks are motivated and excited about what Notley's bringing to the table, or they're going to make sure that Danielle Smith has all the support that she needs. What do you read into, if anything, record-setting advance numbers? You know what? It's Elections Alberta has made it super convenient for people to vote in the advance polls. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to wait till Monday. They've either made up, a lot of people have made up their minds, uh, or maybe they're busy on Monday. Maybe they, maybe they got to pick up their kids from school and, and you know, drive their kids to soccer practice and they don't have time. They don't want to, want to uh, have to, uh, you know, make time during 
rush during Monday to vote. So it might be that it's just more convenient for people, and that's why people are showing up in the advanced polls. Or it might be that people are really motivated and we'll see record, you know, record total turnout come tonight. And that's the thing we got to watch is, is record advanced turnout might not necessarily reflect on election night uh, a larger total turnout. And the turnout in the last election was huge for Alberta. I think we had 67% total turnout, which, I mean, you know, that means that there's a lot of people who stayed home. But for Alberta provincial elections, that was a big turnout. Let's get back at your piece. We're talking to Dave Cornway. If you're just tuning in, live streaming us on the Mixler audio app presented by California Closets at DaveBerta.ca. You can read Dave's list of the 19, there's 87 total, the 19 Alberta ridings that you're going to be watching closely on Election Day. You won't be the only one. I'm right there with you. Calgary Glenmore is a big one. What's another one that you think could be in play? What's another one you think could swing? You know, I think the two, I call them the twin Strathcona County ridings, Sherwood Park and Strathcona Sherwood Park are two ones that I'm watching. And I mean, a lot of focus in this election has been in Calgary, but there's also the ridings around the Edmonton, around Edmonton called that we call it, call it the donut around Edmonton, the kind of suburban ridings, urban ridings, you know, rural, but a lot of acreages and a lot of suburbs out there. Those voters are going to be really important in this election, especially for the NDP, if they're not able to make those massive gains in Calgary that they need to, they'll need to pick up seats somewhere else. So I'm looking at Sherwood Park, which is flipped between the UCP and the NDP going from the last election same with Strath- with uh, Strathcona Sherwood Park which takes up the other kind of the other half of Strathcona County and, and part of uh, Sherwood Park so the two can the two NDP candidates there um, are, are well, ones that I'm watching, Bill Tanita, who's running in Strathcona Sherwood Park. He's a uh, county councillor out there. And Kyle Kosowski, who's running in Sherwood Park. They're challenging Nate Glubish, who's running, who's the cabinet minister running for re-election yeah. in Strathcona. And uh, and Jordan Walker, who's running for re-election in, in Sherwood Park. Both first-term MLAs. Um, but these are two kind of critical ridings that I think the NDP are really going to need to flip in, in the in, outside the Edmonton area. Yeah. Kyle yeah. Kosowski, just a little factoid for the, for the Real Talk loyalists, the brother of Chris Kosowski the founding CEO of Park Power. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Kind of, kind of interesting there. Um, I want to swing it back to Calgary. Okay. You know what Calgary Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. You know what? Cal- Calgary's been like, they've got all the attention yeah, in this but I'm election. going to bring it back to Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, true. Uh, okay. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about the current deputy. Well, I guess no one's the deputy premier right now, but you get the idea. Yeah. I want to talk to you about that in just sure. a second. But let's talk Calgary Bow because there's a couple of prominent people yep. running there. Drew Farrell uh, was, I, I don't know who holds the record. Actually, I should know this for the longest serving. They used to call them aldermen. Yeah. Now they call them counselors, but Drew Farrell is one of the longest serving in, in Calgary's history and certainly has a strong following. Uh, Demetrios Nicolaitis, uh, Minister of Advanced Education, of Advanced I think, Ed, most yeah. recently, um, popular within the party for all yep. intents and purposes, as far as I can tell. Yep. This one could be really tight. I think so. I think Cal- well, Calgary Bo will definitely be one to watch. Um, you know, both, both of the candidates have good name recognition. I mean, Drew Farrell was on city council for six terms in Calgary, right. which is a long it's time, incredible. which is, you know, which is a, can, you know, can be a double-edged sword, right? Sure. You know, you're around, you have a lot of name recognition, but you've made a lot of decisions. You know, some, some, some of them people like, some of them people don't like. So it'll be interesting to see how that, how that turns out, but definitely a big pickup for the NDP in, as a candidate in that, in that riding and one that the NDP are going to need to win. Uh, Demetrios Nicolaitis, Advanced Ed Minister, um, you know, from what I hear, has a really good ground game in Calgary Bow. It was experienced as a campaign manager before he was elected in the last election, so he knows campaigns. Um, his uh, his campaign early, and you know, it's always hard to tell how much to really 
how much how much this would really play. But earlier in the election, his campaign put out a kind of a profile campaign video of him, and it talked about his his family roots and uh, you know his parents who who owned a uh, and run a, a Greek restaurant in the riding, and talked about how he worked in worked in it when he went to university. and And I thought it was actually quite a quite a compelling story. And interestingly, and this was kind of the first of a series of them, you saw a number of UCP candidates in Calgary, Tyler Shandro, Jeremy Nixon, uh, and a few others put out these kind of pro-campaign candidate profile videos on social media during the election. And none of them mentioned Danielle Smith in any of the videos. And this is something that we've kind of been hearing, or I've been hearing from from Calgary uh, in particular, that UCP candidates aren't, they're, they're trying to campaign as UCP candidates and themselves, and they're trying to downplay the role of Danielle Smith when they're talking to voters on the doors. Mm. Because they know that, you know, that she's a very polarizing figure in Alberta politics. And, you know, you're either, in a lot of cases, you're either very hot or very cold in terms of your opinion on Danielle Smith, because that's the way that she's, that's her politics, right? Mm-hmm. That's, and she's purposely gone out and, and, you know, her career in talk radio is she, she was very provocative. And a lot of the things that she's, she mused about during her time as a, in talk radio and afterwards as a lobbyist um, have come out and really become defining points in this election campaign yeah you, you think people are going to give her the benefit of the doubt like voters are going to give her the benefit of the doubt where she basically says hey all these things that you're quoting me on i was a talk radio host that was my job you think the average person's going to give her the pass on I, that you know I, I think i think the you know the polls seem to indicate that so that, that a lot of people are but yeah. a lot of people aren't and i mean that's the reason why this i mean one of the reasons why the polls are so close is you know that we have you know we're in we're in, we're in an, a provincial election in alberta and the ucp is neck and neck with the ndp the ndp are polling more than you know 40 percent and Calgary, which is wild. In 2015, when they won the election, they didn't get over 40 percent, and now they're polling above. And I, you know, I th- so I think that all that all plays into it. And you know, I mean, Danielle Smith may have, uh, you know, saved her party in a way, or you know, pulled them back from the the brink of oblivion that Jason Kenney was driving them towards before he resigned as premier. But uh, you know. If she did, she only barely pulled them back because they're still neck and neck with the UCP. And, and I mean, that's, that says a lot about, uh, about Rachel Notley as well and the, the appeal that she has. I mean, these are both two polarizing figures, very well known in Alberta politics. You know, I mean, there was a poll that came out last week that said, you know, their negatives and their positives were basically equal in terms mm-hmm. of voters, their approval and disapproval. Obviously, different people approved of Rachel Notley than approved of Daniel Smith. Sure. But, but you know, there's the, 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 two, the two leaders aren't necessarily having the big appeal that, uh, that, 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 that uh, kind of eclipses their, that would eclipse their own parties. Yeah, we had on, on a personal level, I very much dig Green Party of Alberta leader Jordan Wilkie. Uh, the guy is wired with like pure passion and he joined <laughs> us. He was like bouncing in his seat. Johnny, I know he made a real impression on you when he was here with us in studio last week uh the green party candidate down in edmonton rutherford he knows he has a huge hill to climb but the reason i invoke his name is that there are a few candidates that are running through these 87 ridings that could hold a very interesting and powerful position were they to be elected outside of an ndp or ucp banner Mm -hmm. and probably the most serious one is in calgary elbow would you agree where we've seen two, you're not convinced. You no, know, I'm we, not convinced. We've seen two premiers out of that riding, yep. Ralph Klein, Allison Redford. We saw for a long, not for a long time, but Greg Clark, the yep. Alberta Party leader, won there. You had a progressive conservative and Doug Schweitzer yep. win there for the UCP since resigned. Yep. Uh, did not just not run again. He resigned before La- his term was last complete. August. Yeah. Last August. And now you've got... Two candidates uh, in that riding. Uh, you've got Chris Davis for the UCP, Samir Kande, who's running for the NDP. But 
Lawyer Carrie Condult uh, is running for the Alberta party. You suddenly just rolled your eyes. No, there a you know, bit. I, the I, former I, leader of the Alberta Liberals. <laughs> it doesn't look to me like you're crossing your fingers for Carrie Condult in Calgary, Alberta. No, no. You know, I, I think that Carrie's been running. I, you know, I follow her on social media. I talk to people in Calgary. She's been running a very energetic campaign and she's been trying to get out there and, and you know, reclaim a lot of the votes that that uh, Greg Clark won in 2015 when he became the MLA but I just don't see any momentum for the Alberta party in this election mm. and you know if there's going to be you know if there are two ridings where the Alberta party should be in play in this election it's Calgary Elbow which is the riding that they held until the last election and Brooks Medicine Hat where leader Barry Morishita Barry is running but I uh, you know but he's also running against Danielle Smith who's the premier of Alberta and it's a very conservative place. I, I hate to even say this stuff out loud. I know people go, Jesperson, just get over it. But like, I, I, I love Barry Morris. Barry's Shida. great. Barry and I go for yeah. beers all every time yeah. he's in town, and I love him. But I just have to say the, the realist in me yeah. notes that the people at Brooks Medicine Hat already voted. I mean, yeah. not technically in this election, but there was a by-election when Daniel Smith went to win her seat. And, and, and kind of the discouraging thing, the gut punch for Alberta Party supporters there would have been that he didn't just lose to Daniel Smith. He he, he came in third. Yeah. And I think that that kind of set the tone for the way that that's going to play out in, in it, this election it, tonight. It really took the wind out of this, any sale, any wind out of the sails the, the Alberta party would have had going this election. And I, I mean, I agree. I think Barry Morishita would be a great MLA, um, but I just don't see it happening in this in this election. Rajan Sani wanted to be United Conservative Party leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was soundly defeated and said that she was done. And then we asked her to come on this show and she went, I'm not going to say yes quite yet. And my spidey uh-huh. senses told me that something might be happening. And sure <laughs> enough, she unretired uh, rather quickly. Um, and now she's going to be running in a different riding, not Calgary Northeast like before, but Calgary Northwest against the NDP candidate there, Michael Lisboa-Smith. Mm-hmm. How do you think this one plays out? I think this will be will be very interesting. Um, I mean, the North Northwest Calgary is seen as very competitive between the UCP and the NDP. Right now, the UCP hold most, I think most of the seats or almost all the seats in Northwest Calgary. Um, but, you know, having a, you know, having a cabinet minister, even, I mean, someone who's, who's a cabinet minister and has political influence in the government dropped into your writing is, you know, is it in a riding that's used to having some influence. I mean, this was Sonia Savage's riding before the previous energy and environment minister. Um, She decided at the last minute not to run again, and the UCP kind of scrambled to try to find someone to run in this riding that, you know, that they expected a high-profile incumbent to run in. So they dropped in another high-profile incumbent, but from another riding from across the city. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how 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 this uh, how this turns out. Um, You know, so much of of you know, votes in constitu- on the constituency level in elections, unless you're a, you know, a legitimate high profile candidate. I'm thinking someone like Drew Farrell, who has name recognition, you know, people who would know outside of party politics, uh, you know, people generally vote by the political label. They vote for the party leader or they vote for the party. Um, but, you know, introducing a dynamic of, you know, an MLA from another area of the, of the city being parachuted into the riding, you know, it might, you know, some voters might want to have a, you know, a UCP, uh, MLA and a voice in cabinet in after uh, you know after tonight or some of them you know maybe the maybe maybe the uh, the parachute candidate uh, monkey or um, or moniker monkey or moniker uh, you know will uh, will uh, 
turn people off. Do you think that, can, can you sell the parachute candidate narrative when a candidate moves from Calgary Northwest to Northeast or Northeast to Northwest? I don't know. It feels it, different than parachuting somebody into you know, Brooks Medicine well, Hat. Yeah, it's not like they, it's not like someone from Edmonton is running in, in Calgary Northwest. Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it is, it's not her part of the city and, you know, Northeast Calgary is a different part of, a different part of the city than, than Northwest Calgary. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether, whether voters, uh, you know, whether, whether that plays with voters. I would almost guarantee, I mean, I, I would bet a thousand dollars right now that Calgary will not be painted all orange mm-hmm. and it will not be painted all blue. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to see a split there. Well, it'll be uh, interesting to see if uh, Northwest is one of those. What, yeah. what that looks like. I do think the more intriguing bet is whether Edmonton will go all orange. And if it does, it will mean mm-hmm. that the former deputy premier, Casey Madu, has lost his seat. The only seat that the United Conservatives have held in the city of Edmonton over the last four years It's meant that a senior cabinet minister was planted in Edmonton, was rooted, let Mm -hmm. me say, in Edmonton, which some would argue in that riding has been a good thing. You've also got an impressive challenger, Nathan Ipp, a school trustee, a a credible candidate who's looking to take that riding for the NDs and and, and help them in their mission to sweep Edmonton. How close do you think this one's going to be? I mean, it could be close. I think the NDP are going to win it. I think the NDP will win every seat in Edmonton tonight. Yeah. I think that I mean everything seems to be indicate pointing that direction. I mean maybe the maybe the UCP will be able to rally their support, rally enough support at the last minute if if you know if they're able if they're able to convince Edmontonians that uh, that you know that we need that we need a seat at the cabinet table if the UCP is going to form government. But I think since the start of this election, I mean basically since the I mean the past few months, it seems that 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 uh, you know all orange is uh, is uh, is the direction that uh, that Edmonton was heading in. St. Albert, what a Mm -hmm. fascinating riding. Mm -hmm. Fascinating riding. Uh, For the last two terms, they've sent Marie Renaud uh, there to the legislature for the NDP. Yep. Yet they just voted. And when I say they, not every person in St. Albert did, but I believe it was the Gazette that published the best politician. They do their their annual rankings. The best politician, the people of St. Albert have said it is federal conservative MP, Michael Cooper. Oh my goodness. And you could not find <laughs> two people more different, at least politically, than Marie Renaud and Michael Cooper. Mm-hmm. So what the hell is St. Albert going to do tonight? You know, I mean, the, 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 having federal conservative people who, you know, having people vote federal conservative and provincial NDP is really the kind of, Part part of the story of a lot of Edmonton over, sure the past, over the past eight years, and and I mean some people might have a hard time reconciling that, but people generally people don't vote for ideology. You know they vote for you know they might decide federally that they want to vote for someone who's going to stand up for Alberta, and stand up against Justin Trudeau. But they provincially they might say you know what provincially my priorities are healthcare and education, and I trust the NDP in healthcare education. And you know what it might you know from a you know a, 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 if you're looking at IGL, ideology and you know policy wise that might you know those two votes might not make any sense. But but really it it uh, I mean pe- people vote provincially and federally differently all the time in Alberta now. Um, so I think that's part of what the what the what what's going on what's going on in in writings like in writings like St. Albert. But St. Albert will be interesting to watch because it has traditionally going back to the Going back to the 1980s, it's flipped between NDP, PC, Liberal, PC, Liberal, PC, and now NDP. Um, so, you know, voters in that riding have 
you know, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a suburb, it's a city, but it's a suburban city. And, you know, it, but they don't necessarily fall into the kind of traditional suburban voting patterns, I think, in, in for, uh, for uh, you know, in a lot of cases, and especially in, in Alberta. Um, but it'll be very interesting to watch. Angela Wood, who's running for the UCP, she ran for mayor in 2021, and she kind of came out of nowhere and did pretty well, and I think came within 400 votes of, of winning the mayoral election. So she has some name recognition going into this election and, and has some support from some UCP MLAs. I know, you know, people who come from the more, from very much from the right side of, of the UCP caucus, um, people like Shane Getson, MLA for Lachsane and Parkland, Todd Lowen, MLA for Central Peace Notley, has have hosted fundraisers for her and, and have shown up in St. Albert. I mean, uh, Shane Getson was uh, was uh, on, a, on a horse with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Angela Wood, and uh, no, they weren't all on the same horse, they had different horses, uh, but they had the Rainmaker Parade this weekend. So they've been getting a lot of support from, uh, she's, Angela Wood has been getting a lot of support from some other UCP MLAs in this campaign, so that'll be interesting to watch. But I think Marie Renault is fairly, fairly well-liked in St. Albert, um, and uh, you know she may not be the most high-profile NDP MLA, and she wasn't a cabinet minister in the last NDP government, but you know, if the NDP formed government in this election, I think that they'll be she's one of the people they'll be looking at because she has experience. Um, you and I could talk all day. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I could. I, 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 like, part of me, I have mixed emotions right now. Hey, because we're ho- we're we're hosting a big yeah. VIP watch party here tonight. We're gonna have members of our of our Patreon uh, supporting roster. We're gonna have some who's who of politics and business and all that kind of stuff. And I don't want to tell people that at DaveBerta.ca they can all download this awesome list of party. <laughs> <laughs> election trivia that you've put together for because yeah. I don't want our party goers to know all the answers, but I should let them know that. Um, and of course, I know you've got a lot to do today, so I want to respect your time, but I can't let you leave and I can't wrap this up without asking you a little bit more. And, and I don't want to say them, they're not rural ridings. Sure. Red Deer proper is not rural. Yeah. Lethbridge, pro- Lethbridge proper is not rural. Yeah. Uh, the RMF Wood Buffalo, I mean, Fort McMurray is, you know, what is that, 80,000 people? That's not rural, yeah. right? Yeah. But let's talk about those because. Because, you know, Red Deer 2015 saw some NDP representation in what has been a conservative fortress. You know, Lethbridge has had no problem sending Shannon Phillips to the legislature. But that's just one of a couple of writings that could be in play there. What's what's one or two tonight that you really think could come down to the wire or even flip on on either some of those municipalities Mm -hmm. that I just mentioned Mm -hmm. or another one in that kind of mid-city size? I think Lethbridge East is one to watch it. uh, I mean, Rob Miyashiro uh, is running for the NDP. He's a former city councillor and and well-known in Lethbridge. He's running against Nathan Newdorf, who's the other co-deputy premier uh, in uh, in Daniel Smith's government. So that'll be interesting to see. That seat has gone liberal in the past, actually. It was the liberals held it throughout the 90s and the 2000s. And then it went and then it went PC and then it went UCP. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, and then the other one, Banff Kananaskis. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. It was actually pretty close relatively in the last election. It was the closest race between the UCP and the NDP outside of an urban area in the last election. And the demographic changes and the voting pattern changes in the kind of the West West Bow Valley, so Canmore and Banff, it's been trending more orange in the in those uh, in those uh, in those areas. The east side of the riding, you know, Springbank, Bearspaw, it's pretty blue. Acreage owners and ranchers. There's a lot of money there. And there's a lot of money, a lot of really old ranch money, money, uh, ranch farm uh, money, a lot of uh, acreage, you know, 
a lot of big oil money Calgary out there. So it's a really split, split riding. The West End is orange. The East Side is blue. It'll be very interesting to watch because the, the end, that's one of the ridings the NDP hopes that they can pick up in this election. You can read more and really dig into Dave's writing at daveberta.ca. And, and please, we encourage you to support what he does. I mean, you make so much of your stuff. It's kind of like the model that we have, too, except for you don't bring in a bunch of advertisers. You give folks a lot yeah. for free but then encourage them and we encourage you as well to support what Dave does so we can have more of this in-depth commentary. Look what you're doing. You're ramping it up as all the big outlets are starting to tone it down. And that's not a swipe at the talented journalists that bust their asses to cover elections like this. But, uh, you know, I mean, we, we talked to veteran journalist Graham Thompson is an example just mm -hmm. about a week and a half ago. And man, he was comparing what it was like covering elections 15 years ago to now. Yeah. You know, you'd have people riding the buses of the leaders. You'd have people assigned to specific candidates now you might have one or two of yep. the so-called mainstream media trying to cover the whole shebang and it's why we're so especially grateful for what you're doing dave thanks for making time for us today thanks so much ryan it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today thank you so much for the kind words and uh thanks to your listeners i hope everybody if you haven't got out to vote in the advance polls get out to vote today polls are open till 8 p.m amen 8 p.m and then you have it. The results will start to come in. And on tomorrow's Real Talk, of course, we'll have you covered. Now, when we talk about our sponsors without whom this would not be possible, we're talking about teams like Complete Care Restoration. And trust me, they have a pit in their stomach just like the rest of us do when we talk about the wildfires that are burning across Alberta right now. Of course, our thoughts remain with those that are still evacuated or away from their communities, and in particular, those that have lost their homes or businesses. You know, Complete Care Restoration has been helping people get back on their feet for more than 10 years now, whether it's fire damage, whether it was the floods of 2013, who will ever forget those? Or maybe it's just something that you discovered almost by accident. A renovation project meant that you were opening up some walls and all of a sudden there was mold or, oh my gosh, you realized there's asbestos everywhere. You don't want to mess around with this stuff. You're going to want to call Complete Care Restoration. Their team of talented professionals, they do this stuff all the time and they're going to make sure it's done right the first time you can get in touch with complete care restoration at 780-454-0776 or find them online at completecarerestoration.ca if your project this summer is going to be maybe a little bit more focused toward the outdoor spaces, maybe it's your front yard, maybe it's your backyard, heck, maybe you've opened up a new business and you want the streetscape to really do it justice, it's time to get in touch with Eden Landscaping. Mike and his team have been bringing outdoor spaces to life for more than 20 years. You know what they're most proud of? referrals and return business that's right they're on the ground experience in edmonton and area means that they're experts in all kinds of stuff whether it's a more natural look whether it's a more modern look they know that you need a space to zen in to entertain in maybe a space that's butterfly friendly what about producing food with raised garden beds and then serving it in your outdoor kitchen they can do it all custom landscaping services with eden landscaping at landscapeedmonton.ca and with all this talk about municipalities uh, we know that there's going to be some decision makers listening to today's show if that's you if you're making decisions for municipalities on garbage or recycling collection if you're one of those that's putting together festival plans you need portable toilets fencing maybe water hauling 
look no further than local environmental services. Whether it's Alberta or Saskatchewan, locals got you covered with better service, better prices, and more support for local causes. You can find out how they can help by checking out localenvironmental.ca today. Well, John, big show today. Yeah. Big night tonight. I'm already tired. Hey. You know when you have one of those days, you just know it's going to be long. You know it's going to be stressful. You know you're going to have to thwart off conversations you don't want to I know tonight we're here to talk about politics, but I hope tonight we just relax and just... Because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I hope we don't get into all these, you know... I know there's not going to be debates, but you know what oh, I mean? Oh, there will be like, debates. <laughs> I know there will be. And oh. due in part to the fact that we're serving all of the appetizers and tapas on blue and, and orange, orange plates. Blue and that's, and what orange I'm, that's what I'm wondering, yeah. too. Are people going to... I think I'm just going to get the white napkins out for me, so I just I just have Unavailable. a regular napkin. Unavailable. They're all <laughs> in the recycling. I'm napkinless. Yeah. <laughs> also want to give a big shout out to our friends at Alberta Views Magazine. We're going to be featuring this issue of Alberta Views a little bit later on this month, but you can check it out online today at albertaviews.ca. This is what the big choice is all about, writes the author of this piece. Is it individualism or the common good? That's Dr. Lisa Young, a political scientist out of the University of Calgary. Wanted to let you know, Real Talkers have exclusive access to an amazing deal to subscribe to Alberta Views a full year. That's 10 issues of Alberta Views. You can subscribe today for 50% off. That's 20 bucks for 10 issues delivered to your door. Just use the promo code AVRJ at albertaviews.ca. That's AVRJ when you sign up to subscribe at albertaviews.ca. You know, John, the spirit of your comment right there is the spirit of this week's edition of Positive Reflections. Oh, we need Presented this. by our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy. Now, we do this every single Monday, the first episode of every week, and we're grateful for it. So here it is. Now, I know a lot of you are going to be expecting to hear stories of a man who rescued a puppy from a raging river or a a woman who helped out at a senior's home by making croissants for the 300 residents without charge. But no, that's not it. We're going to take the listener submitted suggestions and, and put them on hold for a week. This week's edition of Positive Reflections is from me to you. It's an unscripted version. It's just a reminder what an honor it is, what a privilege it is. And like we said out of the gates today, what a responsibility we have to contribute to the continued functioning of our democracy. You know, everybody's going to talk about how folks went and fought in world wars to preserve the right that we have tonight. And you know what? They're right. We look around us, around this world, and we understand that democracy in some nations, in some jurisdictions, truly is in peril. It's not as rock solid as we might have thought. We see democracy under attack with our southern neighbors and other big, big developed nations. We can no longer take this for granted. We understand that there can be squabbles. We understand that there will be debates. We understand that some of you may not feel the same as you did about your neighbors as you did a month ago since they put up that lawn sign that kind of surprised you a little bit. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, we have an opportunity to prioritize what's important to us, to evaluate the platforms put in front of us, and to make a choice 
to support our vision, what we believe is the best way forward for the future of our communities, for the future of our kids and our grandkids. So today's positive reflection is gratitude over the ability that we have to vote, the ability that we have to support a candidate that has inspired us. And so from all of us here at Real Talk, to you watching or listening at home or on the bus or on your bike or while you're walking your dog, please do exercise your right to vote. We'll have plenty of time to analyze the results and start to evaluate what it means for the future of this province that we're so proud to call home. But we want to make sure that today people are doing what matters most, and that is to have your voice heard. It's an incredible privilege. Let's not take it for granted. We don't have to tell you that tomorrow's show will be a must watch. We'll break down the results. Positive Reflections presented by Kubi Renewable Energy. You can get your free solar quote today at kubienergy.ca. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook-Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego, Human Resources Lena Shepard, Website design, Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis Settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a Relay Project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.